0: i Brianna and I'm here with Pastor Nicole, and we're gonna to talk to you about Operation Christmas Child this year. So Brianna, tell the people why Operation Christmas Child is so important to you. So this to me is just a tangible way that we can like reach kids around the world with the gospel. Everybody can. But we're going to do a little different this year. You've had this amazing idea and we found out that there's packing parties going on all around us and we've been doing this individual and that's amazing but we think we can make a bigger impact and buy supplies at a cheaper cost by going through Amazon. If you see a QR code laying around that's going to be just for Operation Christmas Child and Breanne has made this list so that we'll know what pencils, balls, stuffed animals, whatever needs to go in this box We can order it and get it at a cheaper price, and it directly ships to the church. So that will be ready for our packing party. And we have a really big goal this year. Mm -hmm. We're going to do 500 this year. 500 boxes. That's amazing. And we can all be a part of it. So what we're asking you to do is be sure and purchase something from Amazon. Go on the wish list. And number two, show up on the date. So it's going to be October 29th after church in the lobby. Show up on that date, and immediately when we leave and dismiss church, we're gonna have all of the packing stuff out so that everyone can participate. We want you and your children, go ahead, prepare a note that you wanna put in a box. Take a picture, share it with your family, whatever you wanna do, we want you to be a vital part of this day for us. So bring your families out, buy something, and show up on the packing party. Help make Operation Christmas Child a success this year. good morning good morning only believe church welcome to a place where our prayer for you is that you would know god in sunday service that you would find freedom maybe through a small group or through one of our teachings here on wednesday nights that you would discover your god-given purpose that only you can fulfill and that you would make a difference in the church and in the world with that god-given purpose that's what we pray for you every single day because we believe in only believe church amen I want to read something to you today scripture out of Psalms the 63rd chapter. It says, "You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and a parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in this sanctuary, and behold your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips" will glorify you I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands stand to your feet this morning in this sanctuary church it is no secret that God's power in his presence is here it's ready to move it's ready to come and move on your behalf whatever your situation is whatever your struggle is today God says I'm here If we lift up our hands that hang down, we open our lips and begin to sing forth and show forth our praise to a God who has never failed, who will never fail, who has brought us from the deepest, darkest pit, who's washed our sin away, who's taken sickness and disease far from us, who's taken what was financially broke and mended it and put it back together, who's taken our souls the brokenhearted and mended them right before our very eyes. How can we not praise a God that is so good? How can we not love a God like that? I challenge you today, don't just let your hands hang down. Don't let your lips stay silent. Don't let your vocal cords be still. Lift up your voice today. As we serve the Almighty God, for great is His love and mighty are His works for His people. Amen. Amen.
1: Praise in the valley. Praise on the mountain I'll praise when I'm sure And praise when I'm doubting I'll praise when outnumbered And praise when surrounded Cause praise is the water My enemy's drowning As long as I'm breathing I've got a reason to praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. I'll praise when I feel it, and I'll praise when I don't. I'll praise because I know you're still in control. My praise is a weapon, it's more than a sound. My praise is the shout that brings Jericho down. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to Faithful. Praise cuz you're true Praise cuz there's nobody greater than you oh, praise cuz you're sorry. Praise cuz you reign Praise cuz you rose inside the Lord
2: I would say today that I am a good, loving, faithful, and sovereign God. You would say that I'm good all the time but I would say that I was good before there was time. I am good during time, and I'll be good when there is no time again, saith the Lord, and I am a loving God. I love you so much that I've sent my son to die for you. I love you as much as I love my son Jesus, so do not fear, I have everything in my hands and I am a faithful God. Every word that I've spoken over this leadership and every word spoken over this church shall come to pass. <clears throat> I've promised you a refreshing, you shall see it. I've promised you revival, you shall experience it, saith God. I've ex- I promised you many things and they all shall come to pass, saith God. And I am a sovereign God. I change times and I change seasons. I am sovereign. I am changing your season, saith the Lord. And it shall be a great season. It's something that I've ordained before the beginning of time. So it's not a time to be uh, wary and well-doing. It's a time to thank me and praise me and worship me and exalt me. Because your better days are ahead, saith the Lord. We We are in a great end time harvest of souls, and you shall be a great part in it, saith the Lord.
1: dead to life with a simple word. You marveled at your signs, your wonders. As they thought that you had died, but you saved the world. And the spirit, it fell like fire. So like a fire coming forth. Is broken even when my eyes can see. You know, I'm looking for a miracle, so why not here and why not me? Even when it all seems hopeless, even though we don't know how, Lord, we're believing for a miracle, so why not here? Why? away. Your word remains the same, yeah. Your history can prove there's not
3: Hallelujah. You know, we have somebody here today who could probably say that and sing that and praise God for that. Maybe more than anybody in here. I don't know. And her name is Sandy Bechtel. Sandy, come here. Come on up here. Bring your son with you. (laughs) <laughs> I won't put you on the spot, buddy. <laughs> this is Sandy Bechtel, and I know maybe it, not a lot of you know who she is, but, uh, Lord, she has been a member here for how many years? 34. 34 years. That's is awesome. So and this is her young strapping son, and uh, you live where now?
4: Dover, Delaware.
3: Dover, Delaware. And the reason we're standing here is because on a, a beautiful, what, what, what day was that? May 27th. May 27th, she was headed on vacation. And uh, she worked two jobs. She's very faithful. She's been like, Lord, a hero, a very long time, 34 years. She used to be over the singles ministry. You uh, ran the cameras. And, of course, before all this happened, you were in, I think, the best place of all, the kids ministry. work in the kids' ministry. But on that day, you were headed to vacation, and you were just getting ready to enjoy some freedom and and some uh, time away from work. And you were 10 minutes from her house, and what they say now is you may have had too many strokes, correct? Yes. Yes, and that's all she remembers but what happened to her was is she went through a stop sign onto a main highway and ran into a semi. Actually, the semi ran over you, right?
0: Basically, yeah.
3: And we have a picture of that semi or that her car. This was one picture of what her car looked like. And we have a couple other ones. There's another one. Wow, when you look at those, does that like just bring back? Crazy memories?
0: I don't remember any of it.
3: Remember any of it. But yet yeah, they say you were talking. Yes. It took an hour and a half to pull her out of that car. And then she got to the hospital. She survived, obviously. She's here. You know, but it wasn't easy. It was it was some, a trial time. I got my cheating notes for you here. And you can break in any time and talk to me, okay? Then Chase can, yeah, you can't as well, Chase. But um, it says here that uh, Let's see. You. you, I can't read my own writing. Um, Okay, here it is. You had seven and a half hours of surgery. Before my. That was the first time. Yeah. Before your knee replacement. No, no, if there's any more or not, was there more?
4: Seven surgeries all in all. Probably, if you average everything out, it was probably 24 hours, a little more, give or take, in surgery time.
3: Seven surgeries total, though, or 12 total.
4: Seven surgeries, about 24 hours worth of operating time.
3: That's crazy. You were in the hospital for three weeks. That's pretty close, yeah. And then in the nursing home for seven months. Yes. Now, they told you she was going to be in there a lot longer than that, maybe at least a year. Well, obviously, she's not in there. She's here. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo! So... I made a list, okay? It probably would be easier to say what didn't get broken versus what got broken. But I have a list here. Broken bones. Your neck was broke, your shoulder, your arm, your finger was hanging off. Your C1 and C2 spine was cracked. Your ribs was a jigsaw puzzle. Your hip was broken. Your femur bone was broken. Your knee was crushed. And your foot was hanging. Yes. Is that all? As
0: far as I know. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. Is there anything else? The <laughs> then You had what? I make like a half of an X. I go down the arm, across my ribs, and down my other side. Yes.
3: And so if you're ever in an airport, you're going to prison, right? <laughs> <laughs> she has more metal in her than a metal shop, don't you?
0: <laughs> Probably so.
3: We have a picture of her in the hospital um, right when she was in there. I guess you were sort of, uh, was you awake there? You don't even remember, do you? No. Was she awake in that she was conscious conscience there? So that's kind of, is that like right away, right when she was put in the hospital after surgery? Hour and a half after first surgery, and of course your recovery was amazing. Um, and then of course we have another picture of her now that she is <laughs> looks totally different, right there. Hallelujah, amen. So, Sandy, you've you just you're a miracle. You're you're a walking miracle, and I know you give all the credit to the Lord, and He is so faithful. His faithfulness. I can't imagine what's going through your mind and through your heart as you sing praises to the Lord for your life. Would you like to say anything else?
0: Um, I just thank you all for praying for me and, and being in your thoughts.
3: We had a prayer list going. Um, while you were out your son decided to take it upon himself to refurbish your house and you're in a whole other state and we had a couple people from the church. I know Joel, wherever Joel's at, I know he came over and helped you know, do some demolishing and stuff with you and things of that nature. So when you got home your house was completely remodeled.
0: Yes. By this dude right here friend from school and they're still friends and he came in and leveled out my front room floor and put wood all the way through took tore up the carpet except for the back bedroom um, widened my laundry room made my bathroom handicap accessible. Um, what else? All the rooms except for the kitchen and the back room
3: level out every floor in the house. I saw your bathroom. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Your whole house is beautiful. So while you was getting all new stuff, your house was getting all new stuff as well. You know, this is what kids need to do for their parents. I can't imagine the toll that it took on you and your own family being a a whole different state and all the sacrifices that you made. But you know what? Our parents raise us. I mean, they change our diapers. They pick up after us and they do everything for us and then a lot of the times we're like yeah well we don't we don't have nothing to do with it we're too busy or we have our own lives thank God for your sacrifices and God saw that and she sees that and your love is just beyond any type of love which is beautiful it's beautiful hallelujah Sandy we love you we're so thankful you're still you're still in recovery um, you can walk without that so we've seen you walk without that But you're doing it, and then you'll go to a cane. And then uh, somebody from the church donated a a little scooter. So she's got like a $1,500 scooter that she's going to take home today where she can just honk her horn and say, get out of my way while she's still recovering. So, Sandy, we love you. And thank you so much for being the son that every mother should have. Amen. All right. God bless you. Give her a hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. God is faithful. He is good.
4: The devil's a liar. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Gosh, how do you follow that? Thanks, Randy. (laughs) Pastor Randy. No, that's a great miracle. I think we need to give the Lord another hand. Praise for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's just keep the blessings going, you know. I'm here uh, to discuss offering today. Praise the Lord. Can we get a hand praise for offering? Yeah. I need a little help on this, and I'm going to be very quick. Um, I just need, need you guys to help me with my understanding, okay? So it's my understanding that if you are a uh, 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 part of a certain profession, uh, you do what that profession requires you to do. Am I, am I right in thinking that? So, okay, we're in Bakken, so if you're a farmer, you do what farmers do. Is that, am I right in thinking that? So all the things that pertain to farming, you do. If you're an electrician, you do what electricians do. If you're a plumber, you do what plumbers do, right? Okay. Well, the Bible says this. In 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, it says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Okay. Now help me out. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not afraid to uh, ask questions. Are there any righteous people in the house today? Are there any holy people in the house today? So then, holy people would do holy things, right? That's what we do, right? Okay, okay. So as I'm reading the Bible... It says things like this in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy pressure burst out with new wine. So holy people, righteous people, bless the Lord, the house of the Lord with the first fruits of their increase. Is that right? Okay, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to get some understanding. The Bible says this in Leviticus 2730, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy. Somebody say holy. It is holy unto the Lord. Okay, so the Bible is teaching me that the tithe belongs to the Lord. Can we say amen to that? And it's holy. Now, I'm going to ask again, how many holy people in the house today? Well, if we're holy, shouldn't we give what belongs to God that which is holy? Shouldn't we give that to him? Oh, okay. So I got it right. I told my wife, she argued with me on the way up here. I said, no, this is what holy people do. She said, no, they don't. They give when they want to give. I'm kidding. That was a joke. That was a jokey joke, you know, little joke. I love you. I love you. (laughs) So, but I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, There's a lot of distractions that come. There's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, but it's it's really not hard. We're holy. Somebody say, I'm holy. Yeah, and we just do what holy people do. We tithe. And then here's the great part about it. We get blessed. John Hall was just reminding me. I guess he wanted to come up in here come up here and do the offering message. He said, hey, Malachi 3, 10, 11 says that he'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I said, yeah. He said, I just wanted to tell you that, you know. Okay. But he's right. We get blessed for just being who we are. It's that simple. So I get it. Distractions comes and, you know, surprises come. But don't let that stop you from being what God has made you to be, what Jesus Christ died for. He died so you could be holy and we could be blessed. Let me pray over your giving. Father, I thank you for being a part of this church. I thank you for being a part of a family that loves you a family that is holy, a family that seeks to please you. And so, God, today, as people are giving today, as they're preparing their hearts to be givers, God, I thank you for the blessing that's come upon them. I decree and declare breakthrough in their lives, God, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come up to the altar and bring your blessing unto the Lord.
3: the Lord, praise the Lord. Everybody doing good this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I fully expected Pastor to be here this morning and to be preaching. We was there at his house uh, about five hours yesterday, I guess. Got some good uh, chicken and uh, mashed potatoes and green beans and dry cornbread. Ooh, dry cornbread. She said, taste my cornbread. I said, Pastor Phyllis, I've tasted your cornbread for 32 years. It hasn't changed. It's dry. It tastes like sandpaper. It hadn't changed. Yeah, but put butter in it. Oh, it's still dry. Well, I was raised on it, and it tastes good to me. Well, good. Give me Jiffy and put some corn in it. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have dessert. And so I asked him, I said, hey, are you preaching tomorrow? He said, yep. I said, okay. And uh, unfortunately, at 5.30 this morning... Uh, Phyllis called and said that he's, he's weak and that he's not going to be able to make it. But uh, hey, that's okay. Amen? amen? I'd much rather hear him preaching than myself. But that... Did you just say amen? amen. <laughs> Mr. Hewitt, honey, can you dock his pay? Yep, done. All right, next. Who's saying that now? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So anyhow, so I'm... Uh, you know and You know, we walk by faith. We live by faith. We move by faith. And, you know, I fully expected him to be here because we walk by faith. And God is pleased, you know, with our faith. And, uh, and so I didn't start anything as a backup plan, you know, and because I'm thinking, he's going to be here, it's going to be okay, and that's it. So when uh, Friday came along, Nicole's like, you better get something just in case. And I'm like, uh, okay. But you know what, I, I barely had it together because I wanted him here. So today it's going to be about a 10... (laughs) minute. No, I've been praying about this and uh, seeking the Lord about what we really want to talk about next since most of our series are over. Small groups are getting ready to start here soon. The sign-ups are back there. But uh, I really wanted to talk about the mind. About the mind. A lot of the counseling appointments that uh, Pastor Nicole and I have had to take over, it deals with thoughts. It deals with the mind. Uh, It deals with things that aren't true, that people are believing and things of that nature. And I said, you know what, it's about time we talk about the mind. So the title that I have this morning is The Invisible Battle. And of course, as you see here, I have a motorcycle helmet. No, I do not have a motorcycle. I just got this up in our prop room today. But what is this used for? To protect your head. Well, what is in the head that needs to be protected? Your brain. So what in the world is in the brain that's so important? Your mind. That's right, your mind. And so that's why we have to protect our head with all kinds of different helmets. You know, your mind or your brain needs your mind to get things done. Without the mind, we'd be lost. Some people say it's the the most important asset that we have. Well, I say, well, yeah, but what about the heart? You know, I mean, if we're not, you know, pumping blood, we're all gone too. But we could be pumping blood and this be all gone, and then what are we? They call us vegetables then. Because without this, this and the rest of us, eh, we're just there. So it's very important that we protect our cranium, correct? And that's why we're supposed to wear helmets Everywhere we go. And whether you believe it or not, everything you are today, everything you have today, or don't have today, all started with a thought. And when you sit back and think about that, it's like, that's not, oh, that is true. Everything, everywhere, what you have, what you do, all started with a thought. And that thought is also in the mind, and that mind is covered by the brain, and that brain is protected by your cranium, and this needs to go over your cranium whenever you're riding a motorcycle or playing sports, and it's that much more important these days because it seems like sports are getting tougher and tougher and all, things, all kinds of things are happening. So it's very important to help and protect our physical Amen? Are you with me? Ah, Hallelujah. And here's the deal. Our mind is like an airport control tower. It really is. Yeah, seriously. The airport control tower is the center of activity in the airport. I mean, yeah, they deal with planes in the air, but they deal with planes on the ground. They move planes here and there. They tell pilots what to do. I mean, it's crazy the activity that happens in a control tower. And our brain, our mind is like that control tower, always thinking. It's never not thinking about something, which is crazy. As a matter of fact, thousands of thoughts come in like airplanes, and we have to direct those thoughts like they have to direct the planes. So they don't crash, they don't run into each other. Oh my gosh, move quickly. Yikes. We have to direct those thoughts too, because sometimes if we don't, we can get in trouble as well. As a matter of fact, I looked it up here. HealthyBrains.org says that we can have up to seventy thousand thoughts a day. Seventy thousand thoughts. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how that is, but it's true, because they said so. <laughs> 70,000 thoughts a day. And what in the world are we doing with all those thoughts? But also it said, and I didn't write this down, that 90% of those thoughts are yesterday's thoughts. They're not new thoughts. Only 10% of those thoughts are new thoughts. Wow. Okay, that's very interesting. Why are we thinking so much about the past? I don't understand. So if you're writing something down today, I want you to write this down and as I always say, if you're not writing something down, write this down, because it's very important. Whatever you think about, you will bring about. Whatever you think about, you will eventually bring about. You think about that boy, you know? I mean, you're looking, it's like, ooh, Courtney, you saw your man, you know? And you're like, hmm, I like him. Well, he looks good. It started with a thought, and then she started acting on that thought. And eventually, she got the date, and eventually, she got the man. Isn't that right? Yeah, baby, that's right, Tyler. Woo-hoo. That's right. But it started with a thought, just a thought. You can say it this way as well. The way we live is a reflection of the way we think. How many of people do we know that have a poverty mentality? You know? Why are you, like, why are you acting like that? Why are you living like that? You have the means not to live like that and be like that. A poverty mentality because of their thinking. You could also say it like this. Our thoughts shape our lives. Good or bad? Good or bad? Now, I thought it was interesting because, and I, and I, I kind of, as I'm thinking about this, my brain's also going 70,000 miles and i have 70,000 other thoughts you know because of the ADDHD that never got taken care of when i was in school of course and so again when i'm when i'm thinking about something remember i have to see it and i know i've talked to a lot of you and a lot of you said man i like how you teach because you show it you know you have to see it to learn i have to see it to learn it i was i, I was horrible at reading books and things of that nature so i got to see it so as i'm sitting here thinking i'm thinking to myself that When we act on our thoughts, it produces something. It produces a certain type of feeling. All right? And then, which then produces a certain behavior. And so as I'm thinking on that, I had the greatest, greatest, uh, I don't know, object lesson or greatest scenario to put. And it's like this. When I first saw Nicole, and we started dating, okay, okay? I just didn't run up to her on the first day and go, mwah, baby, here I am. No, no. I thought first, how am I going to plant the very first kiss on this girl? How am I going to do that? I want to impress her. I want to keep her. She's hot. How am I going to do it? And so I thought over and over and over, different ways, probably 70,000 different times, how am I going to kiss this girl for the very first time? And then when I decided to do it, Which was in the back of a car. It was horrible, she said. It was horrible. Yeah, my thoughts just ran away with me, you know. But then when I thought it, then I did it, okay? I acted on that thought, which then produced a feeling inside of me, and that was, hmm, she's a pretty good kisser. Which then produced a certain behavior I'm the man. I'm the man. I got this girl. She's mine now. You know, I didn't just do it, but I thought about it. And unfortunately, later she told me it was the worst kiss ever. Whatever. See, your brain can lie to you. (laughs) It can lie to you, right? Absolutely true. Hallelujah, but that's okay. So you think about your house that you want to build, you think about everything in it, what you want, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, you know, what you want to look, what you want to look like. And then you draw the plans after you've been thinking about the house that you want to build. Right? Then after you draw the plans, you dig the foundation, and then you build the house. Everything starts with the thought. With the thought. Now, I was looking online, too, because I always want to see what the other side is saying. Because we have to be wise as serpents. We got to know what the world's teaching our people, our kids. And I wanted to know what the world thinks about thoughts. And boy, this girl did not grow up in kids' church like she needed to. She's a 21-year-old TikToker. She's very popular. She gets, I don't know how many views or whatever. Now, I'm not a TikToker. I just found it online. I don't do TikTok. I don't want that mess. But I found her on here. And this is exactly what this young 21-year-old girl says and gives advice to And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are liking it, and sharing it, and telling her thank you. I tried to get on to tell her you're a psychopath, but apparently I couldn't because I couldn't get into TikTok because I'm not a a thing. But here's here's what she says: When you have a thought, it's the universe's way of telling you that whatever you're thinking is whatever you're thinking about is on the way to you. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, I'll give her that one, whatever. Whatever's in the universe is telling me, okay, I'll, I'll give her that. So I was trying to be nice, all right, but it gets worse from there. They are your thoughts, okay? You're getting your desires. Actually, they are already there, okay? They have been in your reality without you even realizing it and all you have to do is match the frequency. And then she says, in confidence and boldness, match the frequency of what you desire, and it shall be yours. And she did it just like that. And it shall be yours. And it was the end of it. Now you know why I was going to try to email her or, or put a comment. That, that is as bad and is as when I said a while back, if I'm feeling bad, I hate it when people put, I'm sending good vibes your way. Okay, I'm sending great thoughts your way. That makes as much sense as that does. But that's the world, guys. And people, I don't know if they understand all that mess or not. I don't see how you could be. It doesn't work, and it will never work. It will never work. And that's the world. These are young adults teaching other young adults and kids that this is how you're supposed to deal with your thoughts and desires. Unreal. Unreal. David, match it with your frequency, bro, and it's yours. All right? Just remember that, okay? Because that thought was already yours. It's your thought. You know what? I hate to tell this girl, but not all thoughts are our thoughts. Matter of fact, most of the thoughts that come into our heads are not our thoughts. She's so wrong on this. But now as Christians, the Bible is clear that you and I are in a war. We are definitely in a war. I mentioned in our identity series that we have a foot in the spirit world and we have a foot in the natural world. And our spirit wages war with our flesh, and our flesh is always waging war with our spirit. Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Always fighting each other. Always fighting each other. And I said that our flesh will always win if we give it place, because it will always go to the flesh. Our thoughts, if they're not held captive, they will always go to the flesh. Because it's our sin carnal nature. we got to deal with this mess until he comes back or until we're gone. But we can get better and better and better at dealing with this mess. And be able to handle this mess, this flesh. But we're always warring. And our thoughts are always warring just like our bodies are always warring. Just like the spirit is always warring. Always warring. The conflicts that we face every day start in our minds. They start in our minds. And there is an invisible battle going on in our minds. And my question to you is, is how many of you know this? I got one back there that says, I know it. I know it. We know it. And you may not even have thought about it until right now with me talking about it. Well, That makes perfect sense. This is why I'm going through what I'm going through or why I'm thinking what I'm thinking. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit between what's right and what's wrong in our minds. If you don't know that this is happening, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. If your enemy knows there is a battle happening and you don't, you're toast. And most of us don't know that the devil is always after us, always after killing our desires, stealing everything we have. And wanting us to fail and fall. That's what he's there for. That's all he does. We gotta know that the battle is there. And you know, America didn't know we were in a war. And it proved that on December 7th, 1941, when 2,403 lives lost at Pearl Harbor. 19 Navy and battleships were damaged and destroyed. Over 300 planes also. Destroyed, two ships still underwater. Nicole and I went to Hawaii, and we got to see that. Wow, it's amazing. You read it all through high school and growing up, the wars, and and sometimes it doesn't make sense, or sometimes it's not even believable that this stuff happened until you're there and you're seeing those ships under the water there and knowing that all those men are still down there. We lost that war because we didn't know we were in a war. But if you know a war is going on, then you can win. Then you can win. And America said, well, looks like we're in a war. Okay, suckers, it's our turn now. And, of course, the first thing we did was the Doolittle Raids. And they were a whopping success. It scared Japan. But they still wouldn't bow and they still wouldn't kneel. Just like the devil. Yeah, you might win one little battle. But he's like, eh, that was nothing. Now I'm going to try something different. Yeah, well, we know what happened next, don't we? Yes. Ultimately, the atomic bomb was thrown on Japan, and 110,000 people died that fast. Japan quickly surrendered. See, we knew we were in a war, and we were going to win. And the devil said, or God says this, you're in a war, but you already have the victory you are a winner. You are on top. You're not beneath. You are the head. You're not the tail. You are winners, and you will win against everything the devil throws at us. Everything. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we're in an invisible battle happening right between our ears, and we've got to pay attention, especially in these last days, especially with People like this coming out with weird stuff. And we can't believe it. And we can't give ear to it or even heed to it. Hallelujah. Now I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love the cartoon, The Emperor's New Groove. How many grew up with The Emperor's New Groove? Dude, it was such a, such a cool cartoon. I was always enveloped in that cartoon. Well, again, in my thoughts when I'm talking about the battle is in your mind, this cartoon quickly came up. And I know it was God. I know it was God. Brought this thought to me. But in this particular little scene that I want to show you, Kronk had a decision to make. The prince was put in a bag, and he was to be killed. So Kronk puts him in a bag, throws him in the river, and that was it. But then he started to think, Ooh, is this the right thing to do? Should I I save him, or should I let him go? He had a battle within his mind, and the cartoon is kind of good. Check this out.
1: I'm trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. I'm going to lead you down the path that rocks. I'll come off it. You come off it. Yeah, you. yeah. You. You infinity. Yeah. Listen up, big guy. I got three good reasons why you should just walk away. Number one, look at that guy. He's got that sissy, stringy music thing. We've been through this. It's a harp,
0: and you know it.
1: All right. That's a harp. And that's a dress. Wrong. Reason number two. Look what I can do! But <laughs> what? what does that have to do with him? No, no,
0: he's got
1: a point. Listen, you guys, you're sort of confusing me. So, uh, be gone, uh, or you know,
0: however I get rid of you guys. That'll
3: work. All right, so he's got a battle. Should I save this dude or should I let him go? And it's like that in our minds as well. You know, the good side of us is saying this, and the bad side of us is saying this. The devil tries to put a thought in there. Oh, that's not true. That's a lie. We're always fighting those battles. And a lot of the times, it's not that easy to figure out what you're going to do. But just leave me alone. I can't think straight. We've all been there, haven't we? We absolutely have. And so we know that it's not that easy sometimes to deal with a thought, take captive the thought, And put it away from us. And the Bible says a lot about the mind. A whole lot. In Deuteronomy, God talks about a confused mind. James 1.8, a double-minded. He talks about double-minded people. And a wavering mind. Lots of places in the Bible talk about the troubled mind. An evil mind. In Mark, the 7th chapter, verse 21 through 23. Matthew 5, Proverbs 24, talks about the sinful mind. And 1 Timothy 6.5 talks about the corrupt mind. He talks about the anxious mind, the sound mind, the pure mind. And in Proverbs, the 27th chapter, talks about the sharp mind. So the Bible has a lot of stuff to say about the mind. But I only want to make three quick points today, and then we'll get out of here. Because I know some of your minds are already on, what restaurant are we going to today? And you're trying to tell that thought, get behind me. I'm trying to listen to what Pastor Randy's trying to say. But just that Mexican smell just keeps coming up. Just tell it. Just wait. It'll get there. Hallelujah. <laughs> My first point this morning is just because you think something doesn't make it true. Just because you think something doesn't make it true. And we see in First Chronicles 21.1, It said, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. It was a sin to do so. And now Joab tried to warn David. David, why are you doing this? You don't need to bring this sin upon us. But you know what? David didn't listen. He didn't listen. That thought was so powerful that he said I'm not listening to you and he did it and you know what it cost Israel 70,000 men because of that thought that disobedience of him acting on that thought and doing what he was not supposed to do cost him 70,000 men and how did he do that how did the devil get him to do that it started with a thought started with a thought maybe fear come on david do i have enough men For the next battle. Huh, that's a good point. You know what, Joab, go do this. Do it. The thought was so strong that he wouldn't even listen to his top advisor. And it cost him all those men. Here's the deal the devil is a liar, he's an accuser, he is a false prophet, he is crafty, he is a master of deception. Guys, I hate to tell you this, but you're never gonna win if you're gonna try to fight him carnally and in the flesh. The devil's been around, uh, what, uh, since the beginning of time, and you've been here, what, uh, maybe at the most 90 years? Maybe 98 years? Maybe 100 years? Well, you're not going to win against the devil. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. He's so crafty. He is the master of deception, and he will try to get in your head with a thought. With a thought. John eight forty-four. 44, Jesus said to the Jews... You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. It didn't say there was a little truth in him. It said there was no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That tells you, the enemy that we are fighting, and the war that we are in. He is always going to start the war, the battle, the invisible battle, right between your ears. Always. Point number one, just because you think something doesn't make it true. Point number two, we must not believe everything we think. Don't believe everything that comes into your head. Don't do it. Genesis 3, 1 now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, hmm. you must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden? The devil put thoughts in Eve's mind that it will be okay to eat from the tree. That's what he did. Now who knows how long it took for Eve to take that one simple thought, did God really say? And for her then to act on that thought. We don't know, it could have been a million years. We don't know. But that one little phrase, did God really say? I'm sure he was crafty and kind, you know, I'm sure he was uh, debonair and suave. Eve, You're gorgeous, baby. Woo, you're gorgeous. But did God really say, did he really say that? Hmm. And that thought stuck. That little seed stuck. And then what did it do? She finally took the thought and did something with it. She acted on the thought, which then produced a feeling after it was all done, a feeling of guilt And a feeling of shame. When we do things we're not supposed to do, and we know it, we give in to the thought, we do a deed, we always feel shameful and guilty. If you love God, that is. If you have a good heart, that is. Because we all fail, we all make mistakes, and we're going to. But she felt shame. They both felt shame and guilt. And then it produced the behavior. They covered themselves, and then hid from God because of that thought. And ultimately, they were kicked out of their homes forever, all because of the little thought. Did God really say? How many of you can relate to that this morning? I think we all can. I think we all can. Now, you might have been told negative things about your growing, you growing up, you know, maybe... All the worthless stuff maybe that you are or did or maybe you got Fs on your report card and so you were called names and you're never going to be smart enough and all these things that, that happened to us or I never wanted you, you were, uh, you were a mistake or you were an accident. You know, whatever, whatever your parents or people that raised you might have said that was negative that you think about. And the devil will not just bring those thoughts back up to you, but he will expand on those thoughts and add to the lies. That's what he does. He will expand on the thoughts and throw lies in as well. They might not be true, but if you believe them, then they will become true to you. They will become true to you. Some of us build our lives around false information that the devil feeds us. False information that the, and we build our lives around it. Let's, uh, let me give it, John. John, come here for a second. He says, uh-oh, now nah, I'm not going to pour no water on you or anything like that. Come here, John. This is, this is, this is how the devil works, okay? Uh-oh. So, John, you and I are getting ready to go into this party. Yeah. Look at all these people. Yeah. They're, they're amazing people. Man, we're going to have a good time, all right? But, John, I want you to know something. These people don't like you. I've talked to them earlier today, and they said, you're bringing John? I said, yeah, I'm bringing John, man. He's cool. He's my friend. Man, he dresses stupid. <laughs> you know, he's just, he just has this weird, geeky personality. You know, he's too smart <laughs> for his own good. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've talked to some people. They just, they'd rather not be your friends." They just, they're just, you know, they're just, you know, just, just be with me, John. It'll be okay, all right? I mean, I understand what they're saying, but just, just be with me, okay? Are you ready to go? All, right, go? all right, let's go to the party, bro. So we walk into the party, all right? Now, I, hey, John, I'm going to go over here and get us some Coca-Colas, okay? All right, so I'll be right back, all right? So I go over here, and I'm getting some pop or whatever, and then that thought or those thoughts that I said to John, are now starting to just go around and around and around in his head. And so, as John's looking out at people, thinking, man, who can I be friends with? You know, he looks over at these two right here, and they say something to each other. All right? They say to him, and then they look at John. Now, immediately, they don't point at John. They just look at John. gosh. All right, stay with the script, okay? Anyway, now John all of a sudden thinks about what I said, and he's thinking in his mind, are they looking at my outfit? Yeah. Or maybe the way I walk? Or maybe the way I laugh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, so now John's, John's all of a sudden, he's, he's starting to, you know, not like where he's at. Then he looks over at me. Now I'm over here. And I'm, I found a, a nice hot chick to talk to, and I'm just trying to say, hey, what's up, baby? How you doing, you know? And I look over at John, and I just laugh. <laughs> you know, we laugh together. Well, John might think in his head that we're talking about him, and I'm telling her just how funny he really is. Yeah. When yet, I told him before, John, man, you're my buddy. I love you, bro, and I'm trying to warn you, you know, that some of these people don't like you. You see where this is going? You see, these are false thoughts that are not true. When all they were doing was talking about going home and dancing in their bedroom tonight together. Yes. (laughs) And where I just told her a nice dad joke and she started to laugh, but yet we were just looking this way. It had nothing to do with this. But now he's got these false thoughts now that he has to deal with. And if he don't get rid of those thoughts, the devil will eat him alive. You can't believe everything that you hear. Thank you, John. Appreciate you, brother. Hallelujah. By the way, I like your laugh, John. I do. I like your laugh a lot. (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus only has positive things to say about you the day you were reborn. The day you were reborn, everything ended. The old man is gone. Now you have a new heart, a new mind. Right? Absolutely. You don't have to accept those negative thoughts any longer. And you don't have to let the past shape your life that way any longer. Don't believe everything you think. And the last thing is this. Don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. I just say it as I see it. All right? Don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. Proverbs 4.26 says, Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Be careful thought. Give careful thought of the paths and be steadfast in all your ways. David said in Psalm 19.7, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Now, I had to look that up because that was confusing to me. What did he mean by that? Making wise the simple. The Hebrew word for simple means open-minded. It means open-minded. The ancient Jews described it as someone whose mind was like an open door. Everything went in and everything went out. You guys know some people like that? Don't don't raise your hands. This person is gullible, in other words, and will believe anything. His mind is open even to the thoughts and images that should be rejected. That's not good. You shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't be that open-minded. And the only thing that came to me when I read that thought was conspiracy theories. (laughs) Wow. Boy, they're out there. A lot of them are out there. I've heard some. I'm like, really? Really? Hmm. Okay. These people have what they call a conspiratorial mind. A conspiratorial mind, which could have a high level of paranoia. They are suspicious, withdrawn, Insecure, emotionally volatile, manipulative, and egocentric. That's what, that's what this dictionary said. Now, I would rather do what Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I'm not trusting in anything except God and what this word says. I want to be steadfast in my mind. In my mind. And steadfast in all my ways. I'm giving careful thought where my feet go. And in these last days, and if a thought, a dream, a prophecy, a vision doesn't line up with God's word, I'm out. I'm out. I don't care what you say. If it don't line up with this I'm not going there. And in these last days, with this deceptive devil that's on our back, we shouldn't have it any other way. And we shouldn't do it any other way. Amen? That's why there's so many people lost. So many good Christians. Good Christians. Gone and lost because of this type of open-minded stuff. And it shouldn't happen. Okay, I don't, hear, I don't care how good it sounds. Matthew 24 says, false prophets will arise, and the very elect will be deceived. And it's happening every single day. All right, that's all I'm going to do. We're going to dive into lots of things in the next weeks regarding the mind. I didn't really tell you anything on how to deal with stuff. I mean, I gave you a couple little hints. Because we're going to focus the next several weeks on the mind. We're going to talk about self-doubt, having a fertile mind. How to fix your thoughts, refocusing, guarding your mind, taking captive the thoughts. How to make your thoughts submit to God, condemning thoughts. Uh, We're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. And of course, how to have victory over our thoughts. There's so much to talk about when it comes to our thoughts. So I I really hope that you're going to be here uh, and and, uh, listen and take notes and start to use this stuff to help you because the battle is, it's never going away and it's only getting stronger and so we have to be on the defensive. We have to know and we do know now if you didn't after sitting in here, there's a war happening. There's an invisible war happening. We don't need to be like Hawaii (laughs) and we can win because we have the one that is greater on the inside of us who can help us and he gave us the cheat sheet on how to win every battle, including the ones in our minds. Amen? Everybody stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would do Jesus a great disservice if I do not ask you this morning, if you don't know Jesus or you know of him, the devil knows Jesus, of course. The devil knows Scripture. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like that this morning, then we are here for you to help lead you to the Lord. It's that simple. Listen, man, these are the last days, guys. If you want Jesus, you want him. If you don't, you don't. I'm not, I don't petty around when I'm overseas. I even, I've even had the boldness to come on me that says, I don't even care if you want to get saved or not. I know that I'm saved and I know where I'm going. It's your life. You will do with it how you will. You want to go to hell, you go to hell. You want to go to heaven, then you know what? Give Jesus your life. And you know, I thought I was going to get thrown under the bus when I did that the first time. And teachers and administrators were raising their hand in the back. And I was like, oh, wow, I do care, but I, but I don't. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. It's your life. you know. If if, if you want to live the way you want to live, then you live the way you want to live. Jesus is the only one that says, I'll stand and knock. I'll stand and knock. And when you want me, just ask. And I will come. And I will be your savior. He's the only one. If there's anybody here today that says, hey man, you know I do want Jesus. I'm not perfect. I want to give my life to him. I want to start afresh. I want to start anew. Just raise your hand back there, anywhere. Be, be honest. If everybody's saved in here, okay, that's fine. If the devil's trying to lie to you and say you don't need salvation, well, hello, did I see a hand somewhere? Where do I see that hand? All right, awesome. Uh, come on up here, bro. Come on up here, man. We've all been here. It's all good, bro. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, this is your family now. All right? We're going to pray, and this is your family. You have a problem. You have a need. You're going through something. Talk to us. We'll help you in any way possible, okay? All right, just repeat this after me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you right now. And I confess to you, confess to you. that I'm a sinner.
1: I was on my way to hell hell. but I
3: thank you right now Lord
1: Lord. for forgiving me me.
3: all of my sins sins. wash them away away. and never remember them again again. now Jesus I am saved saved. yes I love you you. and you love me me. Thank thank you for taking my place on the cross. Now lead me and help me as I start this new walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody shout! Yes! Woo! Amen! Yeah. I love it, man. Hallelujah. You know, we we live for the devil so proud, we might as well live for Jesus just as proud. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, man. Hallelujah. We're going to get with you and we're gonna help you. Come on, he's part of the family. Woo! Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I come before you this morning, I thank you for every person in here. I thank you for their families. and I thank you that this week you will show yourself strong to each and every family, God. Helping them, talking to them as they seek you and your word. God, I thank you for putting good thoughts in their minds, giving them great ideas, witty inventions. Thank you for blessing them at home and at work and at school as it starts. Thank you for a great favor everywhere they go, God, that the light is shining out from them. And God, they are winning souls because of who they are and who they represent, and that is you. We thank you for that, God. I thank you for healings, God, in their bodies and in their minds today, Lord Jesus. God, thank you for healing them and setting them free and showing yourself strong in them this week. In Jesus' name, God, and we thank you for pastor. God, we thank you that he's healed. God, we thank you that his blood has your blood in him. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that the devil's a liar and he is under his feet in the name of Jesus. We thank you and confess healing in that blood. In Jesus' name. We thank you for strength in his body, Lord God, and in his mind as well, in Jesus' name. Thank you for good thoughts, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, we stand and we thank you for that as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We love you guys. See you Wednesday and tonight at our home groups. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, Ice Cream Social is this coming Wednesday. Wednesday night ice cream social, we got jumpies for the kids, we're going to have a good time. Come on out.